This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Uh, howdy doody, welcome to another episode of Poetry in Motion with me, Neil Fitzmaurice, talking all things Liverpool Football Club. Plenty to talk about, I've got two heavyweights, two heavyweights of the journalist world here. Sports writers extraordinaire. I've got the Derek Chisora <laughs> of the Echo Floor. That's the best you've you like that that's, that's my favourite. Oh, yeah. good, good, good. Yeah. It's Joe Rivet, everyone. Hello, Joe. Hello. How are you, mate? Right. I'm good, thanks. You've got them. You, I'm just looking at what your eye, the bags under your eyes look like now, just before, <laughs> just before your incoming child. Yeah, yeah. How long have you got, pal? We've got less than a month to go now. Less yeah. than a month to go. Four get weeks. That, yesterday. Get that sleeping, kid. Yeah. Get yeah. that sleeping. Uh, Christine Walsh also joins me. The um, I'm the worried. He- yeah, I'm worried. Uh, I could go Butterbean, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go. I'm going to go the. Uh, who else was there? Um, the. I'll, I'll go the David Hay. David right. Hay. All right. I don't know if that's a compliment. Oh, it isn't. Audley Harrison. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely wasn't uh, of the uh, of the journalistic world. Uh, Christine Walsh is here. Hello, pal. How are you? I'm not too bad. Thank you very much. Good man. Good man. Lots to talk about. Uh, of course. Now, the last time we did a podcast, uh, Liverpool were just going into the City game, I believe. Uh, we've done pretty well. Uh, we have we just been pipped by Napoli, possibly. Yeah. Anyway, the I City think that game, was the debrief, wasn't it? The, it was the Napoli was debrief. The Napoli debrief. Yeah. So uh, we moved on to City. Let's just quickly talk about that. A very frustrating game, I think, all, all round. People have I've had a few people saying, oh, "I thought it was great, tactically great." This and that. I just thought it was dull to watch. I thought it was two two teams that desperately didn't want to concede a goal and desperately didn't want to lose. What do you think, John? First of all, I think anyone who ever says, oh, it's good to watch tactically, I, I, I just think they're lying. Yeah. <laughs> lying. It was dull to watch. Be banging yeah. to chess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think it was two teams who held back on one another. I think both both sides knew that, you know, I think that they want to live to fight another day and, and perhaps later in the season when it's more important, uh, I think they meet again in January. Yeah, yeah, uh, January the 3rd. At the ground, of course. I think you might see a different type of game there. Yeah, I think I think they just held back on each other, and I think you you saw in the second half both sides sort of settled for it. Uh, thank God that Riyad Mahrez blazed that one over, and and I think it was a good point for Liverpool. I'm just getting a bit, I'm just getting a little bit concerned about the amount of time that's getting played at the back. It's funny, isn't it? Because we started with Liverpool, which was this gung ho, flying forward, exciting to watch team that was dodgy at the back. Now we seem to have strengthened what well, we clearly have strengthened at the back. Feels like we're playing too much time there now, Christine. What's happening? It does. It feels like there's a lot more control. And after a couple of years of saying, "Where's the control, Jurgen? Where's the control?" Now it's like that's too much control. That's too but much. Yeah, let, let let them off the leash a little bit. I think it's very much as although we all hope and and expected that this season would be the one where Liverpool push on, and I, I don't think that there's any reason to believe that it won't be. It's still a season of transition in the yeah. in the same way. It's not a transition in the in the normal aspect of the players of Eden in etc. This is just what you're seeing is. Sort of the second half of last season's team moving on a little bit more, being a little bit stronger defensively. I think the hope is that they can still do it up front, but at the moment they're not gelling, they're not clicking. I think the World Cup isn't helping with that. I think also what you've got to take into consideration is that the World Cup has wrecked havoc, I think, on Liverpool in particular. I know Tottenham had more players who were involved at the, at the latter stages, but you think about the way Jürgen Klopp plays, you think about the way he demands um, his players to play. I just feel like we've very much seen a Liverpool playing within itself and I think Jürgen Klopp's devised the plan there for the first, what was this, eight eight league games? Mm-hmm. First eight league games, first two Champions League games and the Cup, which obviously they, they got knocked out of. So the first 11 games there, he's devised the plan to say, this is how we'll get through it. 
Um, we'll try and control. We'll try and keep the ball. We'll try and play it mostly in, you know, our half and see what we can do yeah. from there. Um, so I don't think I think it'd be concerning if it, the pattern continues once the international breaks over and you go into Cardiff and Huddersfield and and Red Star, for example, three games where Liverpool should really be making statements in. Um, but I can see where you're coming from. Definitely, it's a it, it's a big shift, and I think there's a transition there going on where. He's trying to still get that balance right because I don't think you can go from being absolutely phenomenal up front and very leaky at the back to being phenomenal at the back and phenomenal up front. Yeah, Something's yeah. got to give. There's a compromise there. That's why he gets paid the big money. That's why he is touted as one of the world's uh, one of the world's finest because you've got to back him to make that to get that solution. And I, and I think he will. Yeah, and we were we were calling on the internationals when we international break. So we can all rest seven games in 23 days. And then, of course, we all go, dope, it's an international break, which normally means break being the opposite word. Normally means that we end up with about six people in casualty. Um, uh, the uh, the injury list isn't looking any better this time round, Joe. You couldn't make it up, could you? Um, every single time there seems to be a game, someone goes down injured, uh, Nabby Cater, yesterday. and Nabby sick nose. Yeah, he's going to have a scan today on, a, on what looks like a hamstring injury. You never really seem to see a hamstring injury. You never seem to see someone goes for a scan and they go, yeah, it's okay. If it's a hamstring, it's always, always involves missing games. So um, I think we can probably write him off for the next couple of games at least. It's a difficult one, but this is why he's got a squad. And I think this is why now he spent big money in the summer. Um, in the likes of Adam Lana are going to have to step up. We haven't seen a lot of Fabinho. He, he will play a part now. And the good thing for Liverpool is they've got through some really tough games in the first eight games yeah. of that league season plus Paris Saint-Germain in the um, in the Champions League. So they've got through some tough games and they've got Cardiff, Huddersfield, two games against Red Star. I know Arsenal away is coming up, but there's a there's a group of games here now which Liverpool can take advantage in um, and I think they've got the squad to do it. So even though it's difficult to see all these injury problems arise, I also think Liverpool are in the best position they've been in in a long time to deal with them. It's also the best time to get those injuries. Yeah. If this was the previous international break and Liverpool were facing that seven-game stretch over 23 days, I think heads would have been rolling yeah. down Walton Breck Road. I, I, I can't even fathom what, what Liverpool would have done. They should, and it's easy to say this, but if they have designs of challenging for the Premier League and if they have designs of going into the last stage of the Champions League again, they have to navigate these games with the squad that they've got because if they can't, then it's going to bite them on the backside later yeah, on in the yeah. campaign. So good squads win win Premier League titles and this is a chance to show if Liverpool can't beat Cardiff and Huddersfield and Fulham at home as well a little bit later in November. These are the games they've always struggled yeah. against. Isn't it? When, you think about it, when you think about a consistent Liverpool side, they've always been the games in, in, in previous seasons that have really frustrated the fans because they've... They've, they've more often than not they've pulled it out against Chelsea's and the Man City's and the United's and then they've tripped against the Huddersfields or the you know the Cardiffs in the past those kind of West Brom games and all them yeah. ones and the Palaces in the past which we've come through already for now I think it's Huddersfield first and it's Huddersfield Saturday it's Huddersfield Saturday, Huddersfield Saturday. Saturday. 5.30 kickoff yeah I mean and I think I, I don't think we can we can we can make any light of the situation of the seven games and 23 games it's an extraordinary uh, amount of games to get through really uh, of the high grade Quality games we had to with Chelsea twice, Man City, um, Paris Saint Germain, Napoli. They were they were big games, mate. I think what you, the, going back to the City game, look at it overall. I think if you were a little bit disappointed by it, and I know a lot of people were, but just to put it into context, I think Manchester City played Oxford United, they played uh, Renford Rejects, they played the Echo FC. Uh, that was their fixture list leading yeah. up to it. Liverpool had all these high intensity 
big stake games, whereas Manchester City had, you know, with no disrespect, the type yeah. of games Liverpool are going to face in, yeah. up, up and coming, but they didn't really have anyone up until Liverpool. So they came into it, I've got no doubt, fresher yeah. um, mentally and physically. And in those sorts of games, mental is just as important as physical freshness. So, you know, it those those seven games over those 23 days would have taken a lot out of Liverpool. They needed the break. It hasn't worked out for them in the, in the case of players have got away and got injured, but there will be players there who are ready and raring to go, who are fresh, and, and, and you look at this next section of, of, of games, it's a real chance to, to go ahead once more and, and get to the next international break, still banging the title race, still the Champions League destiny in their own hands, and ultimately they're going to have to rely on players such as Adam Lallana, Zayden Shaqiri, Fabinho, you know, maybe Joel Matip, Maybe yeah. even climb Moreno. Who knows? If they can't do that in this section of the season against these sorts of teams, then they've got no hope later yeah. on in the season. So this is a real litmus test, and it's one that Liverpool do have to pass. But you know, hopefully they will. Yeah, it's an interesting one because also uh, in the injury stakes, we have potentially Salah and Mane. Mane can't apparently. The doctor said he can't hitchhike for for two or three months. He's broken still money. But I mean, how much that is going to affect his game of football, I don't know. But but um, there seems to be quite a few injuries racking up. I mean, Salah, Sal- what have we heard about Salah's one? What was Salah's? Salah feels like a precaution, doesn't it? If yeah. He he played in the in the first game, scored from a for, corner. From a, scored with a corner, um, yeah. Went off late late on and then they sent him back. Um, but the noises they were making is that it was very much we sent him back as a precaution. We didn't see the point in risking him. The same seems to be said of Van Dijk. Uh, and Mane obviously broke his thumb. But as you say, I don't think think one of the lads had looked. I don't think any outfield player has ever missed a game for breaking a hand. So I mean, a toe's different because I mean, even though they have injections a lot of time, but that's different obviously yeah. because you're relying on it. But I think a thumb. Unless it's a terrible, terrible break in the scaredy unless, ball he's, unless he splits his nail as well. In this yeah, case, I mean, they can be. I've got a finger. I've got a paper cut at the moment. So you can see that job. That's a nasty one, isn't it's it? It's horrendous. Isn't it? what? Stitches? No, not quite. No, it wasn't stitches. But the paper was destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> the paper's not going to pull through. Um, uh, Van Dyke. It's a weird one. For, uh, uh, Koeman made a comment that Van Dyke's yeah. been playing with broken ribs and uh, a bit of an odd little stab at uh, at, at, at Jurgen Klopp. I think, wasn't it? It was well. He he rested Genie Wijnaldum as well for the game. And they both scored in the previous in, game. in the previous game, and he rested them for the Belgium game. Wijnaldum and he made the comments after the game, sort of saying, "Well, at least Jürgen will be happy now. Maybe I'm back in his good book." So I think potentially a couple of text messages or things have been exchanged there. Wouldn't be surprised if um, Mr. Cuban came up in the press conference on Friday afternoon. To be honest, especially after those Van Dijk comments, I just think it's uh, it's, it's bad form. If it's true, it's bad form because it's not for his international managers to be releasing that. If it's false, then it's bad for because you're a liar, Ronald. Yeah. Like, yeah, so yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, awesome. Yeah. How, how do you stop Van Dijk? You know, this is what people have, have been wondering since he came in January. He's been absolutely imperious, yeah. a colossus for Liverpool. How do you stop him? Well, if he's got two broken ribs, you just give him a little elbow. You two know. broken ribs, though. He said that, and I thought, well, bruised ribs is one. You, could have, yeah. you can have injections for bruised ribs. But broken ribs? I mean... I mean, I, I don't, don't, I, don't I don't want to make, yeah, I don't want to make assumptions, but we know from our time of covering Everton as well, Joe, that Cooman's English was yeah. never always the best, even though he lived yeah. in England for a, for a fair while with Southampton as well. The impression of Benny Hill was brilliant, but <laughs> yeah. So, 
it, there could be something lost in translation because yeah, yeah, yeah. he, he sometimes said a couple of things which didn't quite tally with English, if, if you know what I mean. Because broken I mean, ribs. I mean, the fact is, if you if you if he had two broken ribs, you'd have known from the moment he got two broken ribs because exactly. you can't breathe. Exactly. So he wouldn't I, have been playing a football match with it. There's some injections. And yeah, <laughs> what, what they've even because yeah, liquid a, crack. <laughs> Some sort of super soldier serum. I, yeah. I mean, I, d- I don't know. It can't be two broken ribs. It must be. He must have meant bruised. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in which case, yeah, he he probably has been playing through that, and then hopefully he's got a full week's rest now, um, going into the game. I I'd be very surprised if he was missing. And if to be honest, and if he is missing, then Huddersfield's probably the game. I remember last season, Matip played at Huddersfield, didn't he? Mm. And uh, Liverpool pretty much played on their eighteen-yard box. You know? Yeah. They, they, they couldn't get out of this field so if there is a game to him, for him to miss it is that there's, there's a strange one with Van Dijk and Mane um, and maybe even Salah let's see how that develops mm-hmm. but certainly with those three cater less so where these little injuries might actually benefit Liverpool because yeah. Mane didn't play in the second game for Senegal he was back home yeah. Van Dijk missed the Belgium game as did Wijnaldum but you know Van Dijk in, in, in general missed the, the Belgium friendly and Salah didn't play in Egypt's second game so Providing that all of those come back unscathed and they're all fit, semi-fit for the for the they game against yeah. Huddersfield, yeah. they might have actually got themselves a, a three or four day rest where they mightn't have had it before. Yeah, let's talk about the resurgence of Genie Ronaldo because he's been he's been inspirational, hasn't he? He's been since since the season started. He, he's 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 put himself in the position where you can't take him out the side at the moment, John. He certainly has. Um, he's so strong, isn't he? And I think the way he backs with yeah. the ball, it reminds me. It's very, it's like vintage Dalglish, isn't it? Where he sort yeah, of stick his, yeah. his ass in the in the air and go try and get the ball off me. And that's very much what 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 Wijnaldum does. Very strong. It's a man for our yeah. generation, isn't it? It, it? it reminds me of a man. And yeah. I think I was just about to say that because in that defensive role as well, where where he's been playing, it's perfect, isn't he? Because he can shield it and he can hold it and he can win those little fifty fifties and then release it. And he's 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 mobile. He's strong. He can go either way. He can use either foot. Um, I think. You know, seeing him score that goal for Holland, the only thing you'd ask of Wijnaldum is if he could score a couple more goals from yeah. midfield. Um, he he probably doesn't get enough, and he, he did get a few for Newcastle. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see him score a few goals. But he's he's certainly got all the tools, and he's got a lovely smile as well, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's a lovely smile. He's a, he's a, he's a lovely fella. Oh, he's a smash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, yeah, he's a yeah. he's a really nice fella. Good, you know, good family man. He's he's not long got a, another baby, I think. Um, but he's. Name another player who's essentially played in the past three years: centre back, mm-hmm. holding midfield, attacking midfield, left wing. He's he's just the, the type of versatile player that is 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 prime for Klopp. I've I've been a critic of him in the past. That I I actually thought in the summer he was in danger of being forgotten about. He, despite the fact that he was in the top three in terms of minutes played for Liverpool last mm-hmm. season, because it's, there are games where, especially away from home last season, you you wouldn't know he was there. You know, even though he was playing. Um, and that's because he did, didn't get on the ball enough. Um, he'd get lost, especially away from home. But in general, he's the type of player that will do a job anywhere that you want. And he's he's clearly very happy at Liverpool. He's got he, he's got he's at his pinnacle, you know. So it's that perfect marriage where he's not going to be agitating for a move elsewhere. Liverpool are happy to use him as and when and where. It's 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 really struck up a chord this season. What do you think he's done different apart from his smile, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> he's got a smile. Just found it a little bit creepy. Um, <laughs> it was your eyes when he did it. You lost it a little bit there in the Wijnaldum haze. Hands um, under the table. What is? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's you know, got a baby on the way, son. Come on, get a grip. Um, <laughs> what what has he done? What has he done right? What has he done better now that he he wasn't really doing as much last season because. Like you say, I think he was he was probably being viewed by most Liverpool fans as a bit of a utility player for this season, and he and he's been all but. I mean, he's been 
ever present. He's been in there and he's been and he's been really kind of mixing it up. Mm. Is that what he's done different? Has he showed more commitment? Has he has he just improved? I I think what Christian said there about him going missing in away games. I think playing him in a deeper position means that he has to get on the ball more and means that Liverpool use him more. The centre halves play it straight out to him, so you see more of him on the ball and. And I think that's made a massive difference to him. Um, it's difficult because it's sort of shaking up that midfield. Like Henderson doesn't really seem to have a role at the moment that the way he did last season. But yeah, I, I think it's that. I think moving him into a different position where, which seems to perhaps suit his attributes a bit better in terms of his strength, in terms of getting him on the ball a bit more and, and getting him a bit more visible in those away games. Um, I think I think tactically he's very good. All round, I think he's he's had a great season. I think, sorry, I was just going to say, I think the Everton City games last season when he first debuted in that position for mm. Liverpool were big moments for him because in the first game against Everton, it was very much a... He was one of the senior players because it was a, it was a bit of a, a ragtag team's not fair, but it was very much a, 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 a mishmash of, of, of first teamers and, and you had know, people like Jones and Camacho on the bench. Managed to navigate it, got, got the nil-nil, managed to still not lose to Everton in eight years. Important result. And then... You go to City, which is, you know, even though you're three 0 up, there is there is a big panic, especially when they scored in the first couple of minutes. Yeah. That this is just going to end up five nil, and he was absolutely phenomenal from that moment on. And and that is that is the biggest game possible that Liverpool could have played up until that point, and he was fantastic. Yeah. So I think after that, I think Klopp probably said to him, or he, he certainly should be saying to him, look look at those two games. Yeah. There was one where you were the senior man and you, you were one of the most important players on the pitch. There was the other game which could have easily gone the other way, but you were absolutely fantastic. This 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 is this is the role for you. But say something as well. You talk about controlling games, then playing him in the, in there when they're looking to control games, when they're looking to perhaps slow it down a bit and get out. And that's what Liverpool have done this season to try and slow games down, to try and get them. They've they've got themselves ahead and then put their foot in the ball and and saw saw the game out. And I think that's why he's been playing there because I think Klopp wants more control. And he does give it to them. So that, but by saying that, when you're saying about Ronaldo and dropping deeper, that that in essence then is 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 the main reason why the front three aren't aren't, aren't statistically or Liverpool as a team aren't statistically as devastating or anywhere near as devastating as they were last season because we're playing deeper uh, and causing more and, and there's more space then between the midfield and the front three because you know we've gone through two games now I think without a shot on target and that's that's, mm. that's got to be worrying, isn't it? I know you talk about getting a balance, but is this? Do you think there's a frustration with 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 Klopp with regards to Naby Keita in the sense that he bought him as that player who was going to bridge that gap, didn't he? He bought him as that box-to-box, the runner with the ball who was going to get in the box and was going to pass it over to the front three. And, and because Wijnaldum, Wijnaldum uh, Milner and Henderson have been the mainstay three midfielders, then none of them are getting forward, are they? None of them are what you would call forward-thinking players. I think he's missing... And Oxley Chamberlain. I mean, he is missing Oxley Chamberlain, but he's missing that that other option. Adam and, Ramsey uh, may be an answer. Adam, Adam Ramsey could be the answer for Kia. Sorry, I've said the word again. But I think he was obviously the the, the big intention in the summer. There's that link player who he can, was standing against against City, uh, although injured uh, now for a month. Is he? Yeah. So, the, um, but it's not his knee. So it's yeah, it's, uh, thumb. it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's thumb as well. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's it, I I think that's that, that's spot on. I think he's missing that link player. I think what Oxley Chamberlain did so well, and he was really underrated, and you only noticed it when he wasn't there, and now he's not here for for quite a while. Is the way he linked, he turned that sometimes static yeah. pedestrian midfield yeah. with just Draw just forward. a moment, just yeah. a moment, just a bit of energy, just a little bit of incision. 
you know you saw it at best against uh, Man City in, in both the league game and the and the Champions League game, where he just gives you that incision, that little bit of pace, that little bit of energy, and it it, it changes the dynamic. And um, I think also it's easier to defend against the front three when you kind of know the three behind them aren't really going to be offering much in terms yeah. of elite running. Yeah, it's a ma- it, 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 it offers a huge difference in tactical play, doesn't it? When you just drop those three back, definitely because so, you're isolating the front three. So you do. I think he probably. I don't want to second guess him, and he always talks about bedding in players. But I think the comments he made at the start of the summer with regards to Cater and Fabinho, I think it was, I think it was after the Chester game or maybe the Tramia game. He was very much sort of, well, Fabinho's going to take a little bit of time yeah, to settle in yeah, here, yeah. and he was sort of given a hint that look, you mightn't see the best of him for a while. But he was like, it's a difference, you know. He's a, he's he's in a different situation to Naby Keita. You know, Naby Keita is used to the way we play, and and it hasn't quite developed like that. Because it's just a, I I just don't think you can just because he played for the in the Bundesliga and he's had a year to prepare, doesn't necessarily mean you can just basically parachute him into a, into a no, different midfield. He, he's playing a different position. He's not used to. He 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 is normally sort of the the second midfielder rather than the third midfielder in a three man midfield. He's almost being asked to play the Coutinho role. Yeah. But so it's hard for him. He's had a bit of an, a bit of a busy preseason. You mentioned yeah. before, you know, here's his neck on a plane and missed a fair few games. <laughs> yeah, and it's such a bizarre injury, isn't I'm it? I'm having my all. Ruined my all, did I? So that was so, that, so he missed a couple of games there, and then. He... What was he sleeping with the luggage? <laughs> <laughs> the turbulence on that plane must have Sadly been out of the world as well, wasn't it? And um, he obviously he had the, the little niggle against Na- Napoli as well, where. He started erratically anyway, so it's just been a bit of a strange time for him. I do wonder if it if, definitely hasn't been the start of Klopp's ones at all. Him has it? All, or all Liverpool us. fans, yeah, no, definitely. I, I just wonder if maybe he, if Henderson hadn't been at the World Cup until you know mid mid July semi-finals and then the fair place playoff with England, I wonder if it would have been a case of him getting the Fabinho treatments. But because Henderson's come back and he's been a little bit you know shattered and yeah. he's needed time to recover. It's been a case of, well, we've got to use him in the first three games. I do wonder as well, I think back to the case, I think he had those fantastic two games and he had a bit of a dodgy one against Brighton where up until that point, Liverpool had been imperious and he just lost control of the midfield. He had that really rickety 15, 20-minute spell and he hauled him off. He was the first sub. Yeah. And I just wonder if it's a confidence thing as well where he sort of thought, oh, hold on, hold on a minute. And, and, and after that, he was out the team against Leicester, if I remember, and Henderson came back in. Had a good couple of cameos off the bench, but I just wonder if that Brighton game has, has maybe inadvertently knocked his confidence and and knocked the certainty of what he's doing. So maybe he's thinking a little bit too much now. Yeah. I, I don't know. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. That explains some of the wayward passes. I think when some people are overthinking the game, aren't they? And they're just knocking the ball without actually thinking about what they're doing. Yeah, you see, I think it's a confidence thing. I, I think... I, I don't think he backs himself enough at times. Which is crazy because if you look at the clips from Leipzig when he was playing for Leipzig, that, that is a player who backs himself. Do you know what he reminds me of a little bit? In, in a, obviously in a different role, but Mane, when Mane seems to go off the rails a little bit in terms of his confidence. It's erratic, isn't it? He, he gets, he gets erratic, erratic yeah. and, he, and you can tell he's trying too hard yeah. at times or, or not backing himself enough at times. And, and Cater in those first couple of games, it was dead simple. He... he, he Broke well with the ball. Look at that turn. Played it, yeah, the turn. And, and against West Ham, driving forward and then rolling the ball through to Robertson. And, I, and I, I thought he was doing the simple things really well. And then as he's, his form has suffered, he started perhaps trying a little bit too hard or or he's on the periphery of games. Um, 
But it's a shame because I think he is that man. I think he is the one that you're looking at, hoping can replace Oxlade-Chamberlain in that midfield. He's the one that can turn defence to attack by dribbling forward with the ball. So well, I, think, we met, we, I think he'd be OK, but he, he needs to back himself. We mentioned him briefly earlier on, and, and if it's not, if Case is finding it a little bit difficult to moment fitness-wise and that, and we need someone to bridge that gap. Who better, surely, than Adam Lallana to step back in? Is it not good timing for Lallana? Who I always found bridged the gap between the front three really, really well. He pressed high, he caught the ball high, and he played, and I always thought he played really well with Mane, the, the interplay between them two. Is it not? I mean, you, you may know more, you guys may know more about the situation off the field, about Lallana's fitness and about what's happening with him. Seems to get fit an awful lot. I remember you, Joe, very grim reaper-like. No, you weren't at all, actually. I'm joking. <laughs> but I remember you saying sort of last season that you, you had doubts. It might have even been the season before that you had doubts about whether Lallana was ever going to really impose himself back on the Liverpool team. It was quite an astute kind of um, comment to make. And it seems to be burning, burning out. I mean, what do you think of him now? The funny thing, I thought just Liverpool had moved on. I thought they, they brought in Oxlade-Chamberlain. Uh, they've now brought in Keiser. But then they've all got injured. So it's, it's funny because I do think Liverpool have moved on. And I do think, I thought Lallana could have been the fall guy in the summer. He might have moved on uh, himself. But now I think they'll need him. And I think you're right. I think he could come back and hopefully if he can recapture any of that form that he had two years ago where he did link up so well with the attack, he'd be that sort of player. But I just worry for him injury-wise. It's been so long. Can I, it? Can you get that rhythm back? I think Klopp's in a quandary here because let's say Casey doesn't get injured. I think he's looking at this next set of fixtures. And don't forget we've got Arsenal away. That's the big one. You've got those sets of fixtures where... I think you play Keita game in, game out, and you, especially against the, the, the first three, we don't want to you know, disregard Cardiff, Huddersfield or Red Star, but no. those are the three games where Keita can start and he can hopefully impose himself because when we talk about Keita's starts, he's also been playing against some of the best teams in Europe. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, we've got we to remember that. He looked good against West Ham and Crystal Palace, so he'd look good, hopefully, against Huddersfield and Cardiff. So I think... If, if he was fifth, he would play, and then you can gradually bring back Lalana, give him 20 minutes against Huddersfield, give him half an hour against um, Red Star, yeah. maybe even start him against Cardiff at home. Because, yes, he's been in training for two weeks. He's been in full training since before the City game. He was in contention for the bench, but didn't make it. But he's going to be very reluctant, I think, Klopp, to, or would have been very reluctant to throw him straight in after all the injury problems he's had over the yeah. past year, um, he's had a, he's had a fair few niggles. He's been very unfortunate with injuries. I think he he would have been reluctant, but now I don't know if he's got a choice. And and the the, the worry there is that it's not just a lot. It'd be any player any player missed that amount of football yeah. over the past twelve months, and he's finally had two weeks full training but no match fitness. You wouldn't you wouldn't play him from the start, but I don't know if if there's an if there's another option now. So that you run the risk of not just because there's Lallana, but if it was any player of throwing them in, and in two weeks' time, they they look really really tired. And and the problem with that as well, as you say, of this sequence of fixtures until the next international break, there is one one which Liverpool need to be absolutely peak at, and that's Arsenal away. Arsenal are starting to look. Yeah. Very decent. Um, to score freely. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, statistically, that maybe outperforming at the, the the way that they should at the moment. Yeah. And they yeah. haven't been up against the hell exactly. Of a lot, so it's not, it's not. You know, I don't think Liverpool should go there with any trepidation or no. fear. But at the same time, it is the one game where Liverpool should be looking against to say, we're at least getting a point. Really, if you title challenging for the title, you win at the Emirates now. And so you don't want him to get to that stage in three weeks, two weeks, three weeks, two weeks time. Uh, 
Arsenal is the second in second, November. so two yeah, weeks. So two weeks, two weeks between yeah. Huddersfield and yeah. you don't want them to two weeks down the line either a be injured again or b be knackered. And Liverpool have got no midfield options, so it's a real it, it is a quandary for Klopp because I think he would want to play him, but because of what's happened over the past twelve months and because he hasn't really played any matches this season, he hasn't really played any matches for a long time. What what do you do? Yeah, I know it's a, it's an interesting one. I mean, sometimes these decisions are forced on you and actually work out quite well. Uh, we'll have to hope it goes that way. I'll tell you the next six games for those listening. Anyway, it is it's Huddersfield at home, obviously, on Saturday. Then we have got Red Star at home again. Uh, Cardiff uh, at home. Uh, Arsenal is the big one away, second of November, and then Red Star, of course. Um, and it's Fulham at home. And then we have got Fulham at home and Watford away. So you know you're looking at. Have, have I missed something? Is Arsenal on a Friday night? No, no. Second of November, Saturday. Exactly. I mean, that's according to. I did say this to someone the other week who said they haven't sorted it out yet, but it's oh, no, half no, no. five kickoff, isn't it? No, it's half five kickoff on the Saturday. Half five on Saturday. It's th- uh, Saturday the 3rd of November. Oh, it might be. It's Saturday the 3rd of November. Oh, all right. Let me just find out. Not that we, but yeah, but, but our listeners want to sit and listen to, to, to debate the calendar, but I've organised things for the 3rd of November. Someone's lying. You're absolutely right. It's Friday. Yeah. Friday the 2nd of November. No, no, Saturday. It's definitely Saturday. Okay, so it's... I hope so, because we've booked trains, etc. for, for our races, <laughs> so uh, if not, they're having a crack at night in London. Uh, oh, it's the 3rd, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got glasses on. Jesus Christ, getting old enough. Old More insight on the poetry in motion. It's absolutely... Yeah. It's absolutely... It's, it's, it's dreadful. Kids have, done that. <laughs> Kids have done this to me, Joe. Good luck with that. So glasses free face. But the Waffle game's the first one after. So Fulham home is the last international uh, the last game before the international break, isn't it? Yes. So I mean Liverpool really should be looking at five victories and Yeah, all and, of them, all of them. I mean with they the need to form a, we've been showing. We need to be looking at six victories. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately. I mean, you know, if we have any kind of designs on it, look, at the end of the day, if you win the premiership or you're anywhere thereabouts. You're talking about a couple of draws and, and and maybe one loss all season, aren't you? The rest of it is is is, is three points. It's mad how much has changed. Uh, teams just don't don't lose games, do they anymore? I look I look back just because the other day we, we were looking back at the start of FSG's reign at the table, the final table uh, in the Hodgson Dalglish season, and United lost like seven games and won the title. Yeah. <laughs> it was just nuts. So, look yeah. at look at that, look at that title uh, that that title sort of picture now at the moment. Okay, let's just this this um, disregard United for the moment because they've just had one of those starts where the, everything's gone wrong for them ultimately. And you've got three teams there who haven't lost the game. They've dropped four points, but you know, four points each all season. You've got Tottenham who had a wobble, but ultimately they've only played three at home and five away and. They've won six and lost two, or, or yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, won six and lost two. You've got Arsenal, who were meant to be in transition, and all right, they haven't had much of a. a, a but they've won six and lost two. It's there's absolutely it's relentless. Yeah, there's, it is. there is no and and no, Liverpool there's no big had, gap performance at all. Liverpool have had this great start, and 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 everybody's riding high, and the two points behind, the two points in front of Tottenham. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, if, if 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 for whatever reason, let's say if that penalty is given in the last minute, I know it's ifs and buts, but if that penalty is given at Wembley in the last minute. Um, and, and, and Tottenham equalised Liverpool are level on points with Tottenham and I know Liverpool have had the hardest start but I think that's the main thing to look at is the hardest start it is the hardest start that's, why, that's why there's got. so much optimism Chelsea around Anfield but it's it, it's just you think Liverpool have had a good start and they have they've had a very good start but and Chelsea are talking about what an incredible start there's, there's five teams separated by two points there yeah yeah it is it's, it's going to be close all the way there's yeah. no doubt about it and that's why I think 
these games coming up, as we've just mentioned, are, are, are more vital than they've ever been, is to just impose themselves. Which, again, is a bit worrying going in knowing that your front three aren't just splatting the goals in. I mean, it's, it, it is a bit of a drought going on up there, and it, and it is a bit of a... You wonder whether or not against these teams, Klopp is more... He's either going to say, well, no, we keep playing the way we play because we're a better team than them. Or... We have a go at demolishing them and then hold back. It's an interesting kind of way to yeah. look at it. I don't know. Yeah, do you expend all your energy by absolutely hammering these teams, or do you? Or just, just get one nil up, two nil yeah. up, and then and then do what we're doing, which we seem to be spending so much time in our own half, patting the ball from side to side, which isn't the best thing. To, it's a very frustrating thing to watch at the moment. Well, what do we do? Do we go forward? Do we try and nail them before half time and then sit back? What's the way forward, Joe? I think it'll change. I think the goals will come for those three because I know Napoli. And I'd say Napoli was probably it's the it's the poorest we've seen Liverpool play all season probably for the last eight months. I've I think since, since since Tottenham away. Yeah. So so I don't. I'm sort of dis, disregarding Napoli because I don't think Liverpool will play like that very often. Yeah. So other than the City game, they've still been creating chances. Salah's been missing chances. Um, Mane's been missing chances, and, and Firmino probably hasn't been taking the. It's the, the manner of Salah's chance yeah, misses yeah. that are extraordinary because he's. Hit. He's missing by miles, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's shanking them into the stands. It's it's weird, isn't it? And it's I, like overthinking, isn't it? But he's still getting there, isn't he? And yeah. you know, they missed a, a hat load of chances at Chelsea. Shakiri missed an absolute city, oh, didn't he, near the end? So I think they'll come. And I think when you're playing against the likes of Huddersfield, even more chances will present themselves. And then once those three get a couple of goals, you'll see their confidence change. And and we saw last season, didn't we? Once it clicked for Salah. Suddenly, he went through the gear. And it wasn't too far away from this time last season yeah. that it yeah. started clicking, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I, I don't want to bring up, because Joe hates it, expected goals. I know you hate it. I know XG. I know you really don't like XG, but basically, it's a, you know for those who, who aren't aware, it's, it's a way of measuring what type of chances players are getting and whether they're, they're putting the ball in the back of the net. Salah's massively underperforming this season, which basically says that he's getting in the right positions, yeah. he's just not finishing, which... I mean, you can look at it one or two ways, but the general trend of how it goes then is that he keeps on getting in these positions and he will put them away eventually. I think at the start of last season, the same was happening where everyone was saying, oh, Salah can't finish, you know. Oh, if only he could finish, then he scored 44 goals. Yeah. So I think it's just that keep doing what he's doing, as you say. Yeah. He just Maybe it's a little bit of overthinking. Maybe it's just a little bit of a hangover from what happened against Real and then the World Cup, etc. It's just hopefully... That's the annoying thing about the injury. It, it's just sort of maybe he could have gone away there, score from a corner, everything's fine, he's back, ready to yeah. go. We'll see how he is when he's back, providing he's fit. But if he keeps on getting into the positions, he's just got to keep on doing what he's doing and just sharpen up slightly and he'll That's be absolutely fine. fine. I, I enjoyed Kieran Dye going right through Ramos uh, during the England Kieran Spain Dyer, game. Kieran Dye, you going back uh, a bit. Sorry, uh, <laughs> Eric, Eric Dyer. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed him going right through Ramos in that England-Spain game, I must admit. It was great, wasn't it? It was a hell of a tackle. It was a hell of a tackle, wasn't it? Smacked his head on the, on the turf and everything. Good, Adam. Love it. Schadenfreude. Yeah, yeah. Um, Liverpool News, uh, uh, that's on, on the website today as well. Barcelona want lovely. Well, the best. So, so say so say Spanish reports. So say Spanish reports. They're great, them. Gillian yeah. Balaguer again, is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, you mentioned a couple of others that they were thinking they were after. Yeah, it just keeps on coming out, doesn't it? That Liverpool players are getting perpetually linked. I mean, I think we is that a good thing for them? Do you think is it a good thing for for Lovren's character to wake up and see that, or is it, or is it, does it unsettle them? I don't think it unsettled. I don't think it unsettled Lovren. I don't think it unsettled Moreno. I think Moreno had a sniff of the fact that. Barcelona were interested. I think his bags would already be packed. To be fair yeah. to him, to swap Liverpool's be on bench, to swap Liverpool's bench for for Barcelona's. I think, I think, I think 
Spanish people on the bench, isn't it? That's yeah, all it is. Yeah, exactly. Late, late, late. Better tan. Yeah. I, I think um, I think Spanish papers are notoriously very, very flaky with the, and I, I think they they just basically churn out rumours left, right, and centre with without any sort of uh, thing. I mean, I remember in, two summers ago where Philip Coutinho was getting unveiled at Barcelona for every day. Um, in the summer of 2017, you know, oh, no, no, it's it's going to be Saturday. He's going to be presented at the camp new. It's like you, you talk to the club, and the club are like, well, it's 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 news to us because he's he's almost certainly not getting sold. FSG obviously put out that statements eventually. So, but I do think the the interesting ones for me, you know, um, I think I think it's a case of people see Suarez went, people see Coutinho went, and then they say, well, who would be most Barcelona like? I think it's just a compliment to Liverpool because at the end of the day, Barcelona are very much Liverpool's rivals for the Champions League. I think Liverpool have got designs of going far in the Champions League. They've got to beat teams like Barcelona this season. Um, And I think the fact that they're looking at players who aren't necessarily, well, supposedly, or it's not even out of the realms of possibility that they'd look at players like Lovren and Moreno who can't get into Liverpool's team a lot of the time at the moment. It's just testament to, to the type of squad Liverpool have, have you know, built at yeah. Anfield. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, well, you can Moreno's Moreno's are there. He can go wherever he wants, quite frankly. Um, do the rest of them. Though. The, the uh, let's just hope the Firmino one. I mean, even if there was interest, it would be. I mean, who who wouldn't be interested in Roberto Firmino? That's what I put out in the first. What place. do you think? What do you think is his current form is telling us that he's that he's tired from the World Cup? He didn't spend that much time. Playing in a World Cup, I think he just starts slowly. Seasons, I, I think he's just a, a bit of a slow starter in general. He started last season slowly. I think he started the season before quite slowly as well. I just think he is the sort of player who needs to get himself into that rhythm. I think he performs better when he's playing games, not even week in week out, midweek. I always remember was it the West Brom game when he came on? He was uh, in in April and he was absolutely terrible, like the worst Firmino performance I've seen under Klopp. I think he's just somebody who needs to get into a rhythm with games and once he's sort of it's also like stringing a, a guitar once once it once it's in tune it's absolutely do, do you think that relies heavily though on how far back he has to get to get involved in the game do you think the current situation with the team where that where, where we're playing further back where they're playing them the middle three further back is de- is obviously causing problems for Firmino because he doesn't want to go that far down to get the ball and it seems to me when he's linking Higher up the pitch with the with the with the middle three, he's on form better. He, he knows what he's doing. Whereas, I think at the moment we're playing at the detriment of them three. Yeah, I think so. I I, I think as well when the other two click, you'll see Firmino click a bit more. And we've always given yeah, they feed off each other. Yeah, they feed they? off each other, and, and Firmino always gets a lot of credit for the the dirty work he puts in. Yeah. So those two can score more goals, and I, and I think when they start scoring goals, Firmino will start getting because he'd often last year get he got the. The, the single goal when Salah scored his four against Watford, didn't he? And he'd often get the odd goal as the other two got two or three between them. So I, I think he'll click. I, I've no worries about him. I do think he's coming deeper and deeper for the ball at the moment, but I think that is a consequence of the way Liverpool are playing. And when they take on the likes of Huddersfield and, and Red Star and Fulham, that will change because, of course, it will change. I think what you got to remember as well, less so than Salah, but it's the same idea. He scored 27 goals last season, which is a career best. Yeah. He's never been an out and out goal scorer. I know, you know, I know we always mocked the people who said, because, and it, it was wise after the event, but everybody last summer was saying Liverpool need a number nine who can finish. And then there goes Roberto Firmino, who scores 27. He's not even Liverpool's top goal scorer. 
you take Solaro to the team and, and if you're getting 27 from your main player, you're absolutely delighted, aren't you? But, you know, that was a... I'm not saying it was an anomaly, but he hadn't scored 20 since his final season. No, sorry, his penultimate season, Hoffenheim, you know, in 2013-14. So... There was never any guarantee that he'd sort of hit the heights, no. goal scoring. It was doing very that. much a part of the, the time, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. That it was. It was almost that we were so uh, we were so attack minded that there was there was an opportunity, a couple of opportunities every game for yeah, all of them. Yeah, exactly. Not. So it's about finding his rhythm, and and he mightn't score as many, he mightn't even create as many. But I think once Liverpool get up to speed, you'll start seeing him score and creating and and being the Firmino that everybody loves. All right, um, just before we go on to what you think uh, is going to be the result on Saturday against Huddersfield, a couple of nights to tell us about. We're going we're gonna to just tease you a little bit with another uh, Blood Red Live that we're going to be doing. Do we know, have we got any dates penciled in yet, John? We're only tensively, yeah. and to be honest. Three times I've punched the mic. It's, <laughs> yeah, you have. Um, it's it's early December. I, I, no, no, it's late, late, late November. November. Sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. That's how tensive it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, late November. It'll be, We're just it'll, putting the feelers out. It'll be in it'll be in the build ups to the mid sides, Arby. Yeah, there you go. Uh, if you came to the last one, we had a great night. It was good fun, wasn't it? Really good fun. We had a great quiz and uh, some interesting guests. Everyone uh, got involved. It was a really really good night. Um, so it's just going to go onwards and upwards for the next Blood yeah. Red. So uh, keep it in your diary. We'll let you know a, a date when when we pin one down. But there is definitely going to be another Blood Red live. Uh, and your chance to interact with uh, with with us all here at the uh, at the Echo and at uh, uh, and, and and the guests that we have on stage because you you get a chance to to, to ask them your questions yourself. It's a really good night. Really enjoyed it. Another event uh, on a more serious note, which is happening. I think this is happening on the second of November. I'll have to check. There. It is. It's is the Friday. Night. Yeah, <laughs> it's the Friday night. Friday night. It's the Friday night. It's called uh, Talk Tonight. Uh, it's a night in memory of Mick Woodburn and Neil Yoza Hughes. If you don't know the story, I know we have lots of listeners from outside the UK as well. If you don't know the story, these are two uh, Liverpool fanatics who, um, in a time when we're talking about um, um, mental illness and, 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 and the awareness of it, raising awareness of it, and especially in, in men as well, these are two young lads who, uh, who took their own lives. Completely different places, I think. I think Mick was in Norway. He was working in Norway. Uh, from what I read on Facebook, he was he was situated in Norway, and yeah. Uh, and and Neil, obviously here, two of of two lads who, who to all I I never met the guys. Two lads who, to all intents and purposes, were the life and soul of every every night out. Passionate Liverpool supporters, uh, unfortunately, behind closed doors, going through something that they couldn't talk about, which eventually led to them both taking their own lives. And it's something that, you know. We need to try and we need to try and get a grip of one way or the other. If there are people even listening now, we really appreciate all the people listening to this show. We really do, and, and and I always mention it at the start, but I wanted to mention it later on. Thank you for your listenership. We really, really appreciate it. Um, we wouldn't be doing this without you, and and especially people from overseas as well who listen in. Really, really appreciate it. But if there's anyone out there, and I'm sure we've all had our dark times. I certainly have been in a dark place many, many years ago. And 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 your family and your friends are usually. Uh, the least likely to be talked to about it because 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 they know you and because you don't want to be judged and you don't want to be so I think a lot of the time what happens is people people end up talking to people they don't really know because it's easier to unburden yourself on people that aren't invested in your life in any way. If there are people out there, um, get in touch with someone, get in touch with get in touch with a, a professional, maybe go to your doctor, speak to someone. Um, but this night in particular is about two lads who never who never came to terms with the dark patch that they were in and um, 
Uh, it's a very, very sad, but not, it's going to be, I'm, I'm, I imagine it's going to be a very celebratory night as well. Uh, it's, on, it's Friday the 2nd of November and it's at the O2 Academy. I know it's, um, lads from Boss Night, Boss, Boss Nights out, are helping out with it anyway. Um, so if you, if you want to get in, in touch with it, uh, you probably better get in touch with the O2 Academy and find out more about that night as well. Or on social media. Social media is a great thing for finding out. If you want to come on our social media page, we'll try and hook you up. Uh, with with the people who are organising that, but uh, it's a very serious note, but but it's something I think we should address. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, boys, that's about it. I think I'll be doing for time. I'll tell you right now, forty three minutes, forty four minutes. Look at that. Minutes. We pulled it up to the forty five. Mm-hmm. We normally like to do a forty five, you know, traditional stereotypical half. We don't do injury time now. No, should, should be 45 plus three, shouldn't it? It's always three, isn't it? You've had a few injuries today as well, haven't you? Your glasses. I punched, you, the, you mic punched the mic three times for some so weird reason. There's quite a lot of stuff each time. I don't quite know what happens. Yeah. A bit of a nervous twitch. All right, let's let's have a um, prediction for Huddersfield uh, from you, Christian. 4-0 uh, Liverpool. Heavy. 3-0 Liverpool. Okay. I'm definitely going for nil this, this time. I mean, the City one, I think I said 2-1 because... I was expecting a footy match. It was a tactical battle. It was a tactical masterclass. If, if, wasn't it? if that was Cardiff versus Watford, it would have been absolutely slated by everybody. Yeah, but because it's Liverpool City, it's like oh, the, yeah. some of the greatest thinkers some in the, the game. Some of the greatest, yeah. Yeah, it was a, yeah. you know, it was, it was terrible. Uh, I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for three nil. Huddersfield, interestingly enough, I've been doing quite well of late. They've been unlucky with some of the results. They've been playing a lot better. They're mathematically down already <laughs> in October. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, every game's a tough game. I'm going to go 3-0. What did you go for? 4-0. And you went for 3-0 as well. Yeah. All right. If you want to get in touch with us again, once again, what's your uh, Twitter address, Christian? It's uh, at Christian underscore Walsh. It's Christian with a K. Undercrackers Walsh. Underscore Walsh. <laughs> and what about you, Bruce? At Joe Rimmer 88. At Joe Rimmer 88. And it's me, of course. It's at Fitzy Feller. Uh, get in touch on Twitter. Thanks uh, once again for listening. Keep uh, listening to uh, all the Blood Red co- uh, podcasts and we'll see you all again soon, hopefully after three points from Liverpool. This is it from us from Poultry Emotion this week. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.